While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? Well, he knew it was out of self-interest that he had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers round him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man from Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross.
And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we'll believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Good morning. We're going to spend the next few minutes thinking about those verses that were just read for us. Have you ever needed help? I mean, really needed help. Not long after Jill, my wife and I were first married, we went camping down in the Butterwangs. And on the way out, I decided to attempt a little creek crossing in our Toyota Camry. Here was the result. What a disaster. The more I tried to get out, the more the wheels spun and the car was tipping and sinking into the creek. We really needed help. Anyway, thankfully help arrived. Eight people were kayaking that day. They turned the corner, they saw our car, they had a great laugh at us. They got out of their kayaks and they helped push our car out of the creek to safety. Needing help. And it's great when you get it, isn't it? In today's passage, in today's reading, Jesus may look like he's someone who needs help. And in fact, he got some help, some strange help. Let me read from Matthew 27, verse 32. Have a think about the kind of help that Jesus received here. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. Now that's a strange kind of help, isn't it? It's strange because firstly, this wasn't a voluntary help. Simon was forced to carry the cross for Jesus. And um, you might think Jesus could have done with a bit of help. He'd just been whipped and beaten and mocked and had a crown of thorns stuck on his head. He obviously wasn't in a state even to carry his own cross, so they conscripted here Simon to carry him. But, but what kind of a help is this? It's actually helping Jesus 
to get closer to the place where he's going to die, 33. As they came to a place called Gogotha, which means the place of the skull. So some help from Simon to carry the cross, but a strange kind of help. Uh, some people offered Jesus a different kind of help in verse 34. Have a look there as I read it. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. This help Jesus bluntly refuses. That's because what they were offering him, um, wine mixed with gall, the gall is like a bitter herb and that was offered to um, people who were being executed, crucified, as a way of a kind of a, um, anesthetic to numb their senses so it's not so bad. Jesus refuses that. Jesus doesn't, he wants to be alert for what's about to happen. So that help Jesus denies. Let's read on because now as Jesus is actually crucified, the crowds are mocking him, telling him to help himself. Listen as I read from verse 35. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Here we go. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. We already know from reading earlier in Matthew's gospel, Jesus had incredible authority. He could calm a storm with single word. He could heal the sick. He could drive out demons. This time, though, the crowds are mocking him, saying, Jesus, come on, if you're so powerful, if you're the son of God, help yourself. The religious leaders, they also start mocking Jesus. Uh, if you are really who you say you are, the son of God, why can't God help you? Listen as I read from verse 41. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaps, heaped insults. On him. So we've got Simon offering a kind of help. We've got offering help with the wine. We've got um, the crowds telling Jesus to help himself. We've got the religious leaders mocking Jesus. Why doesn't God help you? What's left? Well, actually, there is a strange kind of help still to come. Um, let's pick it up from verse 45. And this time, see if you notice who they're thinking might help Jesus. 45. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, there is no help coming. There is no saving. Uh, Jesus here is crying out a cry of, terror the words of psalm 22 my god my god why have you forsaken me 
But the crowds still don't get it. When Jesus cries out there, 46, Eloi, Eloi, which Matthew tells us is my God, my God, the crowds mishear that, it seems, and they, they think Jesus is saying Eli. They think he's calling for Elijah. They think he's calling for Elijah, the prophet from the Old Testament to save him, 47. When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. They've completely misunderstood. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Well, there's no Elijah coming to save Jesus. God's not going to save Jesus on this Friday. Look at verse 50. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. What is this all about? What's going on here? Why was Jesus allowed to die like this? If Jesus was God, the son of God, if Jesus was good, why didn't God help him out here? Why didn't Jesus save himself? Well, this is bigger than just Jesus being saved. This is much bigger than just Jesus being saved. Mm -hmm. This is not about Jesus being saved at all. This is about mm -hmm. us being saved. Mm -hmm. Jesus here is dying so that we could be saved. And that's what we see in the rest of this passage. There's three things that show us that. In verse 51, let me read it. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The temple was the way in the Old Testament that the God's people could come to him. And, and the temple is ripped in two. In other words, it's saying, now that is no longer the way to come to God. The way to come to God is through Jesus. In 52, we read, the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. In other words, in his, in his death, somehow death was defeated. The dead are raised. And then just to the final of the three things in verse 54, when the centurion and those who were with him saw the earthquake, and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. See, Jesus was the son of God. He was the one promised in the Old Testament who had the very power of God, and yet he didn't come to save himself. He came to save us. He came to save us from the way we've rejected God, save us from death, open the way for us to be forgiven and be made right with God. So have you ever been in a spot where you needed help? I mean, really needed help? Well, in today's passage, what we're seeing is that we all need help. We all need help to have our relationship with God mended. We all need help to be forgiven. And that's why Jesus died. Jesus can help us. He died to take on himself the punishment that we deserve. He didn't deserve to die. But he died in our place. He died to help us. I reckon it's um, hard to admit we need help, isn't it? It's easy to offer help. It can be hard to admit that we need help. But we need help. We need help to be right with God. And to, in today's passage, Jesus is offering you that help. 
And if you're at home watching this on the internet, uh, maybe you've never been to church and you've just tuned in to see uh, what's happening in our Good Friday meeting today. Can I encourage you personally, Jesus there on that first Friday as he died on the cross, he was dying to give you the offer of help. And if you'll admit that you need help, if you'll say sorry to God and ask him to, for to forgive you, he'll help you. He'll forgive you. And you can have a fresh start with God. That's why it really is Good Friday. It's the day that God sent his son Jesus to give us the help that we need.